0: Spiral yet again—the only anime podcast still recorded exclusively on wax cylinders. You wouldn't believe
1: the overhead costs on getting those materials.
0: We have to custom make them every time. People do not make those anymore.
1: We have to get permission from the Edison Museum. He still has copyright <laughs> on that specific design.
0: I always just use the spare wax from my uh, my creepy basement. <laughs> Your tourist trap <laughs> basement. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know the one with all the uh, like blood on the walls the weird demonic symbols I've spread around in there. People always assume that's like a summoning circle, but I just like the vibe. No,
1: it's real chill, you know, once you get used to it. Like, uh, I I love it. Very relaxing. The kids I'm leading down there all the time, like, they're actually really into it.
0: You know, there's a trend where we try to kind of like baby kids these days. Uh, you know, you can't show them scary movies. I literally heard somebody say that, like, Fantasia is too scary for children. What? What? Fantasia's not too scary for children, you guys. Fantasia rules.
1: Fantasia is good. Fantasia is good. It's probably my favorite musical Wait, uh, anime. Wait, is it, is it the Night on Bald Mountain segment? Is that what they're referring to? Like, what else yeah. is scary?
0: No, the Mickey Mouse broom segment has a very kind of it has an edge to it.
1: Well, because he's kind of like a huge fuck up in that segment. Like, that's the whole point. He's
0: a huge fuck up. I think people are also very scared of, like, messing up at work. <laughs> that's like a big anxiety. It, for people. It, it,
1: it, you're saying it invokes millennial anxiety.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it totally does. It totally does.
1: <laughs> You're like, oh, man, I fucked up so bad. I'm today. so unqualified to be here. I messed everything up. My boss is literally a wizard that's going to kill me.
0: Oh, he's definitely he's going to turn me into one of these brooms when he sees this shit go down. Oh, man. Oh, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. Mickey Mouse, no Jay Baruchel. He
1: really got it under control very quickly. Yeah, it's it's hard to remember that that was supposed to be an actual adaptation of that general idea. I don't see how. Did they do a broom thing? I never saw it. Yeah, they do. That's like the, the one connective tissue really in that in that
0: movie is they do the entire sequence. Yeah, it sucks. I hate that. He I think what happens is he's cleaning up because the girl he likes is coming over. And so he does the he does the thing so that he can get his dick
1: wet <laughs> listen we are we are canonically pro nicholas cage on this podcast that is unquestionable oh, yes. uh, it is a fact of life nicholas cage is a good quality to have in any film uh, he did not save the magician's apprentice he was the best part in it like i assume he's probably the best
0: part in renfield though i'm never gonna watch that movie.
1: oh he is absolutely oh dude you gotta see renfield like for real it is wild i don't know know, man uh nicholas cage is absolutely the best part obviously i love cage like you said big
0: cage defenders like unironically absolutely dead serious cage defenders and i like nicholas holt i think holt is cool too but man that movie looks like dog shit man
1: i'm I'm gonna be honest i saw it uh i was not Thrilled on pretty much any scene that didn't have uh, Cage in it, yeah, for obvious reasons. But you know, I the best the best thing. And if you're not gonna say, I'm just gonna say it. Nicholas Cage, like he goes all in on the character. He he's playing Dracula, right? Yeah, and he is wearing these very big, very obstructive to his speech, like front <laughs> denture fang pieces. And I'm sure that they told him multiple times on set, Nick, you don't need to wear that. We're going to give you fangs digitally in post. And he (laughs) said, no, I'm wearing the fangs or I'm not in the movie. And he's correct. Objectively correct. It was great. Objectively correct. (laughs) yeah yet again, I mean, the man knows what he's talking about. You cannot understand his speech when he's wearing them though it's impossible <laughs> to understand what he's saying.
0: <laughs> that works with the character though that's great
1: <laughs> that's perfect for the character
0: well you've seen you've seen vampires kiss, right? Oh yeah, love it oh yeah
1: ha, I'm a vampire I'm a vampire
0: It's one of the best vampire performances ever, and he's not even really a vampire in it, which is just beautiful i really love that uh
1: that is up for debate Uh, you know i don't think that's definitive (laughs) really okay well you know i'm not a fan of making
0: super definitive readings of of texts but uh the the angle where he is not a vampire is obviously a very fun one in that movie uh his 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 boiling over psychosis is hilarious and sad, and but mostly hilarious. And also evokes millennial fear of doing bad at your job. It does, especially when he entombs himself in his couch, is, like, very much... When I see, like, adults being like, it's a fortress day, we, we built a pillow fort, and that's, like, a mental health day. It's like, yeah, that's a vampire's kiss thing, for sure,
1: yeah. Oh, man, uh, Nicolas Cage would be great in, I don't know, an adaptation... If they did like a straight live-action Castlevania adaptation, have him as Dracula, that perfect casting. <laughs> what else? Vampire Hunter D. Uh, if we did like a National Treasure-esque Vampire Hunter D. <laughs> 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 with an with old-ass Nicolas Cage and a giant wide-brim cowboy hat. Has Has Nick
0: ever been in an anime adaptation? That is a good question. I You know, we have covered him um, a lot recently recently and but now it's slipping my mind because he i mean he really brings the kind
1: of energy you would want right he voices a character in that cgi american astro boy movie they made several years ago but that was not live action that's the only thing that springs to mind off the top of my head i think that counts i mean that's close enough yeah close enough he would be great though because not a lot of you know
0: the problem with these adaptations and you know we've talked a lot about them at this point but you don't get people who can act over the top, who really bring a huge amount of, like, chaotic energy to
1: what is a cartoon character. Well, it's, you know, depending on which angle you're coming from, in the Japanese film adaptations of these anime, like, they're usually, like, jumping off points for for models or or, you know, other... Kind of media types that are looking to get into being like a media face, right? Some of them, some of them. Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of like a J-pop to J anime adaptation uh, going <laughs> on, uh, or maybe the other way around.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of Justin Timberlaking happening.
1: Yeah, in in American adaptations, they're either corporate cynical stuff, kind of like the um, Ghost in the Shell adaptation where it was just like, all right, we're going to give these anime fucks exactly what they want, uh, and we're going to have Scarlett Johansson play a <laughs> the soul of a Japanese girl put into Scarlett Johansson-looking body, <laughs> <laughs> which oh, is a
0: take. Oh, man. Um, oh, god damn it. I God damn it.
1: Or, or their passion projects like uh, Battle Angel Alita, right?
0: Yes. Which, hey, that has a good cast. I, you know, frankly, I like, I like that movie. I'm a big elite defender. I I like that one.
1: You would be, you sick freak. It's
0: good. Well, (laughs) tying into that, you know, they did announce the voice, the English voice cast for Boy and the Heron. Oh, did they? That is imminent. It's coming at us very quickly. Yeah, check this out. Uh, This is maybe a little controversial, but we've got Christian Bales coming back uh, to Miyazaki yet again. Dave Bautista, what? who is just all over everything now. I
1: mean, don't get me wrong. I have nothing against Dave Batista. I think that he's not the best actor, but he's definitely up there for wrestlers turned actors for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm really on the John Cena train. I think John Cena is actually a good actor. I, I enjoy his performances and I think he knows what the job is, you know? Yeah.
1: Uh, he, I mean he's a straight worker uh, 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 yeah nothing against John Cena uh, he's a he's a stand up guy you know uh, he's just he's out there doing his thing and I respect that yeah you put him up against the Rock Rock is the one everybody's you know gone crazy for I, Rock is like Rock is cynical at this point but he's not good he's not a good actor and his media persona has long faded from being like the the driving force for getting people into movie seats at this point, right? He
0: is he is exactly that guy that got all of the, the edges sanded off. I watched the Doom adaptation from like 2003 or something like that.
1: If you want to talk about controversial opinions, I, I like that movie. I no, like, I like that movie. I like that movie quite a bit. And he's
0: really weird in it because it's one of those early ones where he hadn't really kind of figured out what he was doing
1: yet. He also just didn't have, like, the star power to kind of command what roles he wanted and how he wanted to be, like, portrayed, right? Yeah. You know, once he once he got big enough, he, like, actively was, like, developing this kind of, like, leading man, goody-two-shoes persona, and that's really what did him in, in my opinion.
0: Yes, yeah, See. He took the turn. He was a better villain in that movie than he would have been otherwise. But, uh, you know, the funny thing about the Doom adaptation is I remember the the first person like playing the game segment as being pretty short. But it's like, 15 minutes long it's like a huge segment of the movie
1: yeah it's i would say it easily takes up like an eighth of the end of the movie and it's good
0: i i think it holds up better than attempts at the same thing since then i think it's well okay
1: so you know it it doesn't happen i mean for a lot of reasons anymore mostly because nobody fucking goes to movies because movies suck but when they did The first person scene in theaters, like, that was those very memorable hype moments, like, in a movie for me, right? Yeah. Like, that is a very visceral, you know how they say everybody in the 60s remembers where they were when JFK got shot? (laughs) Uh, I remember exactly what it felt like when they went into the first person view, uh, seeing that for the first time in theaters, and how awesome it was. It, it made up for how stupid the rest of the movie is, honestly.
0: Yeah, there's only like three of those in in our lifetimes. It was uh, uh, 9/11, the Doom first person sequence, and uh, <laughs> Obama saying "We got him." That now that's it. That's it. That's oh, I would have said there.
1: I would have said Obama saying "Let me be clear." Let, let me be clear.
0: Yeah, he said that every week for f- like eight years. Though, <laughs> check this out. Uh, the rest of the cast: <laughs> Gemma Chan. Willem uh-huh. Dafoe, great get. Oh, yeah, love Karen it. Karen Fukuhara, uh-huh. uh, Mark Hamill, which Mark sure. Hamill absolutely makes sense. We talked about him last time. He's an actual voice actor,
1: so Well, that's a, I mean, that's a he's an actual get. voice actor. Someone like Willem Dafoe has an actual voice that, like, he's just a good actor.
0: Yes, has been in an anime movie. Yeah. Yeah, in the Death Note movie. What,
1: I'm, what I was saying earlier is, like, I like Dave Bautista just fine, but his voice and his line delivery doesn't exactly elicit what I would like look for, you know, in in a voice actor. I don't think that sure. his style of acting lends itself to being a voice actor. Well, check this out. Which I I also say about Christian Bale. I think he sucks. Um <laughs> I, uh, he was the he was the worst voice. He was the worst voice performance in Uh, Howl's Moving Castle. I think he might have been a
0: little miscast there. I I like Christian Bale. Well, check out, these are the two that I raise my eyebrows, because it's Robert Pattinson and Florence Pugh as the last two picks. Oh, and and Luca Padovan, who I don't really know very much. I didn't watch You, so I I have no idea who that is, really. But I gotta say, Robert Pattinson, not really a good choice uh, for voice acting. Uh, He's not much of a voice actor in anything he's ever done he like he kind of mumbles his way through every role
1: hey he did the batman voice yeah which is a good movie if you don't have to have a lot of lines (laughs) i mean it was the batman a good movie i don't think you think that Uh, i i really
0: think that's one of the worst movies ever made i mean just (laughs) absolutely bloated and boring in every way batman gets his ass kicked on screen over and over again to just the absolute most deflationary ending you could possibly think of the whole invoking the zodiac killer thing too is just so brainless uh on top of being tasteless i i really hate that movie (laughs) funny to have two batmans in this voice cast though right
1: right oh yeah yeah two batmans and a joker two batmans (laughs) and a joker uh, and, and all those people online that kept saying that uh, Willem Dafoe would make a good joker too, huh? I guess. I don't know if I see that. Uh, Mark Hamill is in that
0: Fall of the House of Usher Netflix series.
1: I haven't I haven't gotten around to watching that yet. It's on my list. Uh, I've been watching the Netflix uh, Goosebump series that just came out. Wow. I know, right?
0: <laughs> well, it, that's probably more worth your time. I'm obviously on the record as a big Flamagan hater. <laughs> Do not like Mikey Boy. Sorry, dude. I don't, I don't agree with you there. I, I do like him. I think he's doing good work. Thumbs up, Mike. Keep doing it. You heard it here. I think all his good work was in his first few movies, and ever since, he's gotten more and more boring. But there are moments of brilliance in The Fall of the House of Usher. One of the brilliant things is casting Mark Hamill, because he is fantastic Uh, in this weird ass, like nefarious lawyer role that he has, And he's doing a crazy voice the whole time. He's really good. Mark Hamill is really
1: good. I've always liked Mark Hamill. I think that he's a great character actor. Yeah, he's fantastic. His, His mistake, or I guess George's mistake, was trying to make him a leading man type in star wars
0: well it definitely dogged his career for three three decades
1: (laughs) that and the medical complications from the motorcycle crash
0: anyway uh that's the boy in the heron uh casting news uh hard-hitting anime news right up top that's what you expect from this and and
1: this one is definitely going to be miyazaki's super duper last movie right for sure he might just die with a pen in his hand god i hope so it's the only fitting end for him. I mean, I really don't
0: want him to die in general. I think he's one of the guys uh, I think should live forever. But, you know, whatever. Everybody's got to go. <laughs> Keep on being a horrible dad. <laughs> You're, once, once your kid is like 40 years old, I think it's okay to be a bad dad. I think at that <laughs> point you've done the job. And it's like the the die is cast. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk Let's talk about anime. Enough of this rambling. Uh, I know it's all in the Halloween spirit, uh, and you scared me by telling me that you watched... Uh, what is it called? <laughs> uh,
1: so I checked out the first couple episodes based entirely off the title because I had to see what was going on here. You had to. Yeah, I had to. I had to. Uh, obviously, if you can't tell uh, by this title I'm about to read, this is based off of a light novel, and this is... I'm giving the noble woman I saved a crash course in being bad. Not bad, Nate. Come on, <laughs> it's not bad. I'm, I've seen it, the that's the that's the light novel translation, the anime translation. They've gone with uh, with the word naughty instead of bad. Yeah, but
0: it, yeah, it, it
1: it's honestly it, it's so much weirder than that. The basic premise is our main heroine is kind of like the boy and the heroine. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's an idea. Hmm, Interesting. Sounds like a Green Day song. (laughs) Our our main heroine is kind of like a minor daughter of a noble house who was engaged to some other minor prince, right? And due to uh, social machinations, he decides that he wants to marry somebody else. And so he sets her up for a bunch of crimes and banishes her from the kingdom. Wait, hold on. That's like... Rayliana. Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing some crossover here already. Interesting. Okay.
0: C- continue with your pervert shit.
1: Uh, <laughs> so, so so, she gets chased into the forest, and wouldn't you know it, she happens upon the mansion of the great demon lord, Alan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, what?
1: Yep. No, huh? not making that up. His name's Alan. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. one
0: of the five elders. My name is Brian. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll just say this up front. He's not actually a demon. That's just kind of like something that everybody calls him. Yeah, I think Demon Lord at this point in the cultural
0: imaginary is just like boilerplate for the big bad guy.
1: Yeah. And which he is also not that either. He's just like, wow, uh, he's just an antisocial dude who's really, really good at magic. But he doesn't like he doesn't raid villages and
0: kidnap uh, innocent young girls.
1: No, no. He like makes medicine and, and sells it to the local village
0: wow false advertising
1: but his thing is that he's just he really doesn't like other people sure sure a misanthrope a, yeah. a, a hermit uh-huh. actually and you know he's not he's not your standard hermit. he's he's a sexy hermit he's sexy oh yeah he's got the black jack like you know black and white hair part going on oh you gotta love that he wears a cape he's got boots gotta love boots Sure, sure.
0: <laughs> so anyway, he... Why did Blackjack wear that cape? Anyway, no, go on. Wait, I, that's, too, that's too big of a question. Yeah. Continue, continue on.
1: So he he happens upon her in the forest and is like, wow, uh, you're like pathetic. You're just like a pathetic person. Do you need to come Ouch. back to my house to like rest up or whatever? Uh, and she's like, okay, yeah, that, uh, that'd be great. Now this seems to be running counter to the whole misanthrope
0: yeah aspect of his character.
1: So already abandoning the plot. yeah. well, they 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 do address that. They specifically say in the second episode, they say that he's not just a misanthrope, he's a misanthrope, but he also can't refuse to help someone in need. Wow. He's a misanthrope with a heart of gold. Wow. Very complicated character. Oh, my God. Okay.
0: <laughs> All right. I, I think I get the picture.
1: So, anyway, the, the the joke, the gag of the series, if you will, is that he's, like, invited her back to his house and just decided, like, wow, you're so pathetic I I need to teach you to stand up for yourself like more, which is really what the show means by by the word naughty. It's really more like hedonistic and and uh, assertive is what he's going for. Sure, sure. It's funny that you say that
0: because I did read a manga this week called I Want to Do Bad Things With You, uh-huh. which does imply certain things uh, to us, the audience, but is actually more about Uh, standing up for yourself and being assertive. It is exactly like that. It's exactly the same thing. Right.
1: And uh, that all sounds well and fine, you know, maybe a bit of a weird uh, situation for a meat cute but it it gets... Under the surface is incredibly dark because the way he proposes this whole situation is that he brings her back to his mansion. He's like, all right, hey, I just saved you. You're a wanted person. You can't go back to the kingdom, right? right? So why don't you stay here and be my live-in maid and do all my chores for me? He
0: makes her do the chores? Yeah.
1: So he's not a good guy. No, no, he's actually kind of a horrible dick. Wow. And and he gets her to agree to this by uh, saying, he's like, all right, well, you don't want to do that, probably because you're so nice and self-sacrificing. Uh, So here's what I'm going to do. I just put a death curse on myself. And if you don't agree, then I'm going to die and you're going to be responsible for my death, uh, which is a major red flag. That is one of the
0: biggest red
1: flags. I mean, that straight up is like, if
0: you break up with me, I'll kill myself shit.
1: Yeah. Uh, So he says like, yeah, if you don't be my living maid, then, then I'm going to kill myself and it'll be your fault. And because she, Basically is a Cinderella type, right? She was was married to someone or engaged to someone high above her actual status in the family where she was treated more like, again, a live-in servant. Right. So he is basically rescuing a slave and then re-enslaving her for himself. He's oh, stealing shit. a slave.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Well, he found one on the roadside.
1: Uh, the, the one joke that really did get me uh, is that when you know everything is settled and she actually does start like cleaning and doing stuff around the house she's like absolutely amazed at how little he asks of her compared to how shitty her life was at the castle jesus christ so he is a, he's he's taking in an abused vulnerable person and and love bombing her into being into being his live-in servant wow
0: So this is pervert shit in a completely different way than what I was expecting.
1: Yeah. And so the the main conceit from there is that he's trying to teach her to be, you know, quote unquote, naughty, but really just like stick up for yourself and, and do what you want more. And so, like, the first naughty lesson, again, uh, implying something much different than what actually happens, uh, <laughs> is he's like, all right, well, the first the first naughty thing that we're going to do is that we're going to eat dessert for dinner.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are they six years old? Uh, she is basically mentally. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Now, I have to point out, I have to point out, this isn't a, a super... Uncommon trope in, in anime and manga where you find somebody and they become like your live-in mate or whatever. In fact, uh, I have another manga I read recently where this happens uh, kind of on accident. But this is a premise so ridiculously stupid and banal that Seinfeld had an entire arc uh, about this exact premise. Do you remember?
1: <laughs> I, I, like, I like that you're referring to Seinfeld like story beats as arcs
0: yeah do you remember the sidefeld arc where uh Jerry and George write the pilot to their their show jerry uh-huh. and the idea is that uh the main character has hit somebody with their car, and the judge declares that the main character must be the the victim's butler <laughs> <laughs> this has been the biggest inspiration on anime and manga two decades later
1: hey that's how it works in america yeah yeah you you know you sue someone for damages and if they can't pay they have to be your butler
0: yeah and you have to like put them up with room and board though that's kind of the bad part if you don't have a spare bedroom they have to sleep on your couch it's we we have such a fucked up system we have to change the laws we've got to change these laws <laughs>
1: Anyway, okay. that's the Seinfeld connection.
0: Alright. Yeah. all right. Uh, what the hell? Why did you watch more than one of these?
1: Again, it was one of those fall releases. They uh, had three episodes up, and I just put it on in the background while I was doing other stuff. And yeah, I, I got through two of the three available episodes. <laughs> you just let it rip. Yep. So, you know, it, it's a recurring theme also in this. It seems that, like, he gives her, uh, you know, choices where she can either do his preferred option or or he can go to some other extreme right you know like one of, he he was saying like all right i want you to order whatever clothes you want out of this catalog right but if i sense that you're holding anything back that you don't order everything that you want that i'm going to order everything in the catalog every item And it's going to be your fault if I waste all my money. So there are mail order catalogs in this in this world, like the Sears catalog. Yeah, it's kind of weird. That was another thing I wanted to bring up, because it is ostensibly a a high fantasy setting with wizards and and potion makers and a king and royal court and all that. Yes, they don't have cars. They don't have guns. No electricity, but they yeah. do have like fully printed newspapers, uh-huh. like with, with funny sections. Oh, cool! They have cartoons. Yeah, and they have well, they have mail order catalogs, full service mail order catalogs. Wow, and and private mail companies as well.
0: <laughs> that's weird. You know, that's not to spoil One Piece, but this is a very strange thing in One Piece, where you start off with sort of a, you know an old timey people are sailing around on pirate ships. But by the time we get to, you know, pre time skip, which is, you know, a little before the midpoint of the series, there are full on like live broadcast televisions and stuff. It's very strange.
1: I always wonder, do they, does the Navy have like full on battleships in one piece or do they also just go on big galleons?
0: They call them battleships, but they are kind of splitting the difference. They're sort of armored, but at the same time, they are very much like big galleons.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's weird. It's strange. All right. Well, that was the trash that I decided to spend <laughs> uh, to spend my time on this week. <laughs> Inexplicably. Inexplicably, I have no, I have no justification. I just did it. Deal with it now. <laughs> now, you have this growing list of stuff that you've been reading. It, it's become monolithic, oppressive to the show. Really, it hangs over our heads. Yeah, the show itself is bowing under its weight. <laughs> I want to pick some stuff off of this. A couple things that you can that that you can go over, and so we can finally get them off the list. Is that all right? Please, I have to get these things off my chest. Please. Okay. Why don't you tell me? Unburden me. <laughs> tell me about BX slash uh, what you've subtitled. Boxers are hot. <laughs> well, BX
0: obviously boxers are hot. BX is by uh, Okazaki Mari. Okazaki Mari. Uh, Okazaki? Okazaki? Okazaki Mari? Now, you... Maybe rings a bell because uh, Okazaki Mari also wrote uh, Bathroom (laughs) Guwa. It's a truly awful title. Uh, I really hope that sounds better in Japanese because, man... uh, (laughs) Bathroom Guwa is... Uh, <laughs> god-awful. Wow, uh, I'm repulsed. I'm repulsed by it. But Bathroom Guwa is a series of short stories uh, by Okazaki Mari. And I and if you remember, I did a rave about them. I called them true art, uh, a standout, a, an anomaly in the manga space because they are like actually truly interesting and, and artistic and, in, and j- just ch- good the kind of thing you like wouldn't be ashamed to lend out to somebody who doesn't read manga wow yeah really really good stuff uh, and and uh they have a a really distinctive art style as well it's it looks great it looks interesting and singular so what is it about this is uh, another sh- another short series this is an actual like uh narrative story um it's very short i believe there's only one volume four chapters but it's about a girl she is not great at picking men.
1: <laughs> Tail as old as time. Yeah, she's having a, a let's say. A no, that th- sounds that sounds bad. That you know uh, I don't. I don't think it's her. I don't think that it's a, an issue on her. Uh, maybe men just suck. Definitely true. Men definitely
0: suck. I, I I'm obviously the the biggest male feminist on the planet. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a big ally. Uh, big uh, big misandrist over here. <laughs> uh hate hate men those filthy pigs but she's she just she's having a hard time on mm-hmm. on that side and uh she's sort of been having a hard time in general until one day she uh walks into a a boxing gym i guess okay that kind of happens a lot right you just wander into a boxing gym yeah you ever just walking around you see a gym you just walk into it <laughs> Hey, what's that sound? It sounds like slapping meat.
1: I better get in there and see what's up. (laughs) I mean, that thought, but unironically.
0: (laughs) So she's having this hard time. She wanders into a boxing gym. She sees the hottest dude she has ever seen in her entire life. He's punching some people. Hmm. Later on... Now, is she attracted to him physically, or is she attracted to the violence? Oh, both. Absolutely. Oh, the, the whole package. Okay, all right. So later on she has an unfortunate uh let's say mental health crisis and he helps her out uh and she becomes very attached to him after that she starts showing up at the gym even though like he's he doesn't seem to be that interested in her really but she comes every day she starts calling herself uh his girlfriend um she's she's kissing on him and shit uh <laughs> unbidden by the way he, he's really caught off guard by that She's just going for he it. He doesn't sound like he's into it. He doesn't seem to be into anything. Uh, the reason he boxes seems to be one of those situations where he's like, I need to feel this to, to, to be alive. I need to feel uh, something, anything, even if it's just getting punched in the face. He's that kind of guy. Okay. Uh, he's a little emo boy. A real fight club over here. Yes. And uh, she becomes very, very attached to him she's doing everything she can to get him to acknowledge her love and they have uh this like interesting uh sort of uh, emotional orbit around each other uh and the story plays out over you know four short chapters and it's really weird and interesting it's got some of the most uh inventive paneling we've talked about paneling before but sometimes manga can have sort of pretty boring paneling or or less less experimental paneling this has something uh more of an artistic uh spark in that regard so the pages are all laid out in very interesting ways The art is fantastic. The paneling is fantastic. The pace of the story is fantastic. These characters are presented as archetypes, but without kind of uh, showing its hand, we do get really interesting angles to all these people that are involved Mm -hmm. without having to dive into them and explore them. It it has a real good uh, economy of narrative. I find it really sweet and sad, and it's dealing with more real people than you usually get in a comic. Uh, I really liked it. I think it's great. All right, cool. Quick read, worth it, absolutely. BX. All right, thumbs up. Fucking kicks ass. Yeah, I think Mari... Shit. Okaz- Okazaki Mari is great. Like, they're really, they're really great. All right. I, I just totally vibe with their whole thing.
1: All right, cross it off the list. That's one down. One down, move it on. Why don't you tell Woo. me? And I'm really hoping that this is the actual the actual title, uh, Unicorns Aren't Horny? Is that what <laughs> yes, you're trying that, to tell me? That is that is the title, yeah. Because you understand that they
0: literally have a horn, right? I think that might be what they're playing at, Nate. Oh, God, they got me with the word play. I, I, I can't read Japanese, so I don't know if there's any connection to the original title, but this is called Unicorns Aren't Horny.
1: Now tell me, does this have anything to do with horse girls?
0: In a way, in a way... This hor- mm. unicorns aren't Hormy by uh, Ikuta Semi. Ikuta Semi. Oh, fuck. God damn it.
1: You're just making a fool of yourself. I,
0: I know. I God. I but I'm trying. I'm really trying. <laughs> this is funny because we talked about the masterful cat and how <laughs> the way that the cat infantilizes the girl. <laughs> You say in family, he negs her.
1: That cat is negging her.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, literally like manipulates her with food and drink, uh, constantly monitors her intake. Calls her a lazy piece of shit. Yeah, calls her a lazy piece of shit. It's really bad. Uh, Gossips about her with her neighbors. Unicorns Aren't Horny uh, is about uh, a girl who... Uh, always wanted to be in a relationship and explore love, uh, but it just never really happened for her. And now she's like, she's in her mid-20s. She's rapidly approaching her, her 30s. And she's starting to feel anxiety about like never finding someone because there is that, uh, what did you call them? Christmas cake. <laughs> yeah.
1: I. That's oh. not my term. I didn't invent that. <laughs> you called them Christmas cake. <laughs> I was simply relaying information. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't agree with it. Uh-huh. I'm an ally. All right. I'm an ally. (laughs) You what are you an
0: ally? Are you a feminist (laughs) ally too? (laughs) She has that anxiety about her life. She feels like if she hits 30 and she's single, it's really going to be some 40 year old virgin type shit going on in her life. Uh, And she's
1: very scared of that. It's funny how like the the male version of this story, if this were like a Hikikomori dude, he wouldn't have any issue like after he got over his problems at the end he would still be like, all right, well, I'm 35 better go find a, a wife. Well, sure. Yeah. You know, cause men are built different. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're just built different. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm taking, uh, you're, you're no longer an ally. No, no, but I, I hate they're pigs I hate men. They're pigs. <laughs> and this unicorn is a pig. So she has this anxiety and it's starting to dominate her life because she really does. It's, you know, she really does want to find a relationship and fall in love. It's just not happening. And I'm not sure how this came to be. We don't don't really get any establishment here. But her roommate is a unicorn who is obsessed with her virginity. Uh, The unicorn is essentially boxing her in so that she never gets laid because the unicorn has a virginity
1: fetish. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And the unicorn, again, is... Is a is a unicorn? Unicorn. It's a it's a. This horse. is a this is a big white horse with
0: a magic horn that talks to her and lives in her apartment with her. Okay, I see
1: where the title comes from now.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, the unicorn is very annoying and is a creep and makes constant weird remarks about maintaining her virginity, which uh, she really does not like. But her her fear of being alone. Overwhelms her annoyance at being called a
1: virgin every single day. Actually, no. I, I come around. I think that this actually this premise has some things to say. Yeah, I think there's some meat here. It is. It, I I think it's
0: it's weird. I didn't read a lot of it. I I just started it, and uh, I think it it probably goes some some more interesting places. So you know, don't don't judge me too hard if this gets really weird later on. But I really like her, and I really like. The dynamic, even though the unicorn is really creepy. Like his whole obsession with virginity it is very explicitly like a fucking weird pervert shit.
1: Okay, so the 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 unicorn sucks. Like he's supposed to be a bad guy.
0: Yeah, I think so. And she
1: she is very quick to be like, "Hey, can you please stop being a fucking creep?" I mean, that's very ununicorn-like behavior. I thought they were supposed to be nice. I thought they were supposed to be allies.
0: Well, I mean he is nice. Uh, sometimes, you know, he he does keep her company and, and, you know, tell her he loves her and all that. But it does boil down to him fetishizing her virginity because, as we know, the legends around unicorns are that uh, they're incredibly violent, except for uh, virginal maidens. They will come and approach calmly a, a virginal maiden and yeah. and sleep on their lap. No, and that's I, I how you it. catch a, a unicorn.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Everybody okay. knows that Yeah, that's kind of funny. Uh, it, as long as it's not mean-spirited towards her i guess i think is the only is you know the only way you can do it (laughs) you don't want to be making this this guy in the right
0: (laughs) uh i don't i don't think it's mean-spirited towards her i think her problems are treated lightly but also sympathetically she she's mostly caught in between the two things where like she wants to be kept company because she's lonely. She's a lonely woman and, you know, a working woman who doesn't have a relationship. And uh, she wants to be kept company by someone who cares about her, obviously, who doesn't. Uh, but she also, like, wants to get laid. <laughs> so, again, hey, like... nothing wrong with uh, that? I don't know. I don't know. Very sympathetic. I, <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. It's weird. Like I said, I, I don't know where it goes. So maybe it gets really creepy later on. I really hope she doesn't fuck the horse. Uh, it'd be very strange. Um,
1: yeah. Um. I don't think that they're going to
0: go there. I would hope. <laughs> I I would hope not. But, you know, it is manga, so you never know. But uh, for the for the little bit I've read, I, I do like it. I think it's very funny. It has a really weird, funny angle on adulthood, especially for an adult woman, which we don't get a lot because, like, we've made very clear, a lot of manga is obsessed with youth and particularly uh, female youth. Uh, so maybe the the commentary is that, like, weird manga dudes are the unicorn. Uh,
1: Yeah i I guess, yeah, I'm not sure i would I would give them that imagery, but sure, why not?
0: well, you know a, 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 a sort of disassociated viewer who is obsessed with uh female virginity,
1: yeah the and I, mean, I see the connection, I see the connection. Yeah. I just uh don't agree with portraying uh, anyone like that as elegant in any way as as a big, strong horse, yeah <laughs> a yeah, big, yeah. strong, sexy horse.
0: I'm just saying, think about it. Cause there is, I mean, that is, that's an angle. That is an angle.
1: All right. Cross it off the list. You could, you could make a reading. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's knock one more out before we go to the break. All right. Uh, I want you to tell me about Alien 9. Oh, uh, I have way too many things to
0: say about Alien 9. <laughs> okay. All right. You want to save that? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking, when we talk about Alien 9, I'm going to go in cause that shit blew my fucking mind.
1: Okay, all right, all right. Uh, good to know. Uh, yeah. Then, then... We'll get back to Alien 9. Well, I don't know, do you have anything uh, more you want to say about I want to do bad things with you, considering what we already talked about? Sure, sure. Uh, it's another one,
0: uh, it doesn't have that many chapters out. I, I, I've been liking it. It's very much a lighthearted rom-com. This is in the tall girl, small boy rom-com category. I'm listening. That you, I've already said I I like. I like that shit. <laughs> now, hey, what's sti- interesting uh, about sorry, this... Speaking
1: of uh, um, Dangers in My Heart Season 2, that's going to start up soon.
0: Yeah. I'm very excited. I, yeah. I, I really genuinely love Dangers in My Heart, and I think Season 1 was really great. I think they did a really good job. Anyway, go on. This is sort of a, a mirror to Dangers in My Heart because our protagonist, our, our viewpoint character is the tall girl. And she's very awkward. She's uh, kind of your typical sort of put upon uh, hating, hating her high school experience kind of girl. Mm-hmm. She, she's the one that gets bullied. She's the one that has to do all the after school chores because the mean girls like bully her into doing it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have any she doesn't have the ability to assert herself in any way. Right. She's that girl. Yeah. L- like you were talking about. Until uh, one day, Cinderella
1: type, basically,
0: uh, sort of. Yeah, it is just uh, just a a normal girl with really like really intense social anxiety. And she can't really stand up for herself until one day uh, a a notorious kid at their school who is known as the villain of the school for some reason uh, approaches her when she's doing pool duties. And he says, I don't want to fucking swim tomorrow. So drain the pool for me. And she's uh, like i can't fuck it what are you kidding me i can't i can't do that and he's like yeah you can why wouldn't you like i'm telling you to do it right now i don't want to swim tomorrow do you want to swim tomorrow and she's like uh not really i don't like swimming and he's like great we're we, we are in accord uh drain that <laughs> fucking pool and she just does it she has she has oh, one wow. of those bursts okay. of inspiration. And she, she drains the pool. Wow. And they both kind of like giggle and run off.
1: Uh, <laughs> Is she stupid? And she's a little stupid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, it's lovable. It's, it's adorable. You're just going to do what anybody says? Is that any way to go through life?
0: But it's a moment. It's a liberatory moment for her because she's doing something that's, you know, again, uh, quote, unquote, bad. In a way that asserts her will onto the world around her, right? And she's never had a moment like that. I mean,
1: she only did it because he told her to, though.
0: Yes. And this is why they form a connection, because she begins to associate that feeling of freedom and that feeling of assertion with him. Now, he is a very small boy. Turns out he's been sickly for a lot of his life, which stunted his growth. So he he walks around with a cane. Uh, he carries an umbrella a lot of the time because he can't really deal with ex- sun exposure. So he's got he's a wide kind of,
1: brimmed hat with a big feather in it.
0: He's sickly and pallid, and he has <laughs> you know because of our societal expectations of that kind of thing. He yeah, people consider him the villain of the school, which says a lot about uh, disability and, and, uh, you know, uh, what, what are all these kids doing.
1: like fan of, uh, what was it? M night Shyamalan, uh, unbreakable Mr. Glass.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, well his, so it turns out that his brother is the prince of the school and they are, they're in a rivalry basically. Uh, so they despise him because he despises his brother. So he now seeing a great opportunity for, uh, uh, a henchman, he decides mm-hmm. that he's going to take her under his wing and use her for his nefarious schemes to, to throw off his brother's uh, princely behavior at school. And thus begins a, a a court, a courtship in a way where she almost immediately like falls in love with this person. Right. She's like way into him. She thinks he's fucking great. Sure. Uh, cause, cause he, is free in a way that she's never experienced personally. He doesn't care what other people think about him, which is good because people fucking hate him uh, and blame him for everything wrong at school.
1: Well, yeah, I, I can see there being the theme of in in a social hierarchical society like Japan, being the the heel right it lets you basically at, it gives you permission to act outside. Of of whatever role you were before, right?
0: Yeah, act on your
1: feelings. Yeah, the villain acts on his feelings. He is the selfish one. Yes, uh, which you know can be construed in an antisocial way, or like you're <laughs> saying, it can be construed in a in a self-affirming uh, way, right?
0: Yeah. And then this is not obviously not the first uh, story to broach this topic. We've seen uh, endless amounts of stories at this point where the main character is like, I always related to the bad guy in video games, which I tend to roll my eyes at a little bit. But but I I get it. I I get it. You know, I, I can understand the feeling and what they're trying to portray. And uh, she's sort of that character. Mm -hmm. So she's already a little primed to be into this dude. But seeing him, somebody who acts how he wants, even if it makes other people hate him, uh, she finds intoxicating. She's like, I want to be with this dude all the time. I want to help him do his nefarious things because it makes me feel like more of an agent in my own life. She she likes that he's a bad boy. It's <laughs> sort of, yeah, even though he's <laughs> he is not what we would consider the traditional bad boy. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, but I think she, you know, this is me putting my meta reading on it. I think she maybe is confusing a lot of those liberatory feelings for romantic feelings. Cause she kind of like immediately crosses those wires. And it's like, I, I love this. I love this little man, this weird little pallid man. So
1: again, it's, it's just a dick taking advantage of an emotionally vulnerable w- girl.
0: You know, he, he does a little bit, but he, he's never, he's never coy about the way he feels. He's never, he's never uh manipulating her in a way that's directly an affront to uh her her dignity as a person at least in a in a way that we would feel alienated by by as the as the audience i think but it it is charming and uh she does princess carry him a lot because he's uh, he cannot really run or exert himself physically which i think is also very charming <laughs> uh, I, I get it. I, like I, I see what you yeah. like
1: about this. No, yeah. I get it. I like it. I think hey, it's really no, cool. Hey, you have to justify <laughs> it to me, man. I get it.
0: Hey, look, we like what we like. Uh, you know, sometimes you see that expressed in narratives and uh, you find it charming. <laughs> uh, it's good. It has a good look to it. It's not, you know, pushing any boundaries in the arts department, but it has a good look to it. I really like the characters. I think they put themselves in unique experiences. And I really like that. He is a character who is not... How should I say it? In a lot of rom-coms that feature a character who, quote-unquote, speaks their mind, he's usually the, like, aloof, more classic bad boy. Like, oh, I sometimes I get in fights at school, but that's just because, like, I do what I want. He's not that guy, because, like I said, he is small and sickly. Mm -hmm. uh, And a lot of this is acting out because he wants to on his end, assert his own humanity so that he is not seen as the sick boy, basically, you know? Uh, and that's why he's constantly asserting himself because he he wants to be something other than the boy who missed a bunch of years of high school because he was in a hospital bed, right? Sure. Which I think is great. I think that's a really interesting character. All right. Yeah, I, so I, I like it. I think it's good. Cutesy little rom-com. Thumbs up then? Yeah, absolutely. Thumbs up.
1: All right, then. Shall we take a break? Oh boy, yeah. Let's let's take a break. back uh, again inexplicably we keep coming back to record more of this show just like michael
0: myers i am back yet again uh no amount of no downloads will stop me
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so we're we're just gonna we're gonna try something different here we have in front of us a list of some of our favorite uh halloween spook up types
0: yeah now have we even said it have we even said it this episode It's it's spook-em-up season.
1: Yeah, no, we're in spooky season, full-on people. We're rapidly approaching uh, ground zero for for the spookpocalypse. 11 days to go. You know, I just want to say I am (laughs) of the philosophy that Halloween is not on the 31st. Halloween ends on the 31st. You're one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I can understand the impulse, but, uh, you know, I'm more of a traditionalist in that sense. Maybe I'm a, I guess I'm a a Halloween formalist. (laughs) Conservative. Yeah. What do you, what do you think about this? this halloween season so far i mean we obviously look through the lens of uh movies and television because we're fucking loser ass dorks but has it been a productive halloween season so far do you think what what does that mean (laughs) whoa what is being produced well i'll tell you we kicked off the month with uh the horrible haunted mansion disney movie uh that seemed like incredible trash fuck that.
1: It, you know it w- i saw it uh, I, I did go to see it Ooh, no it, it oh, was nothing no. it was you know it, it wasn't the worst that it could have been i do like lakeith stanfield quite a bit you know no matter the quality i think he he's just a fun guy to be around so you know no foul there <laughs> everybody needs a paycheck he's my, he's my friend uh, I, I took more offense to uh, Jared Leto, yet again, getting paid to do, like, stuff. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, instead of being in jail uh, for being a weirdo creepy pervert. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a pseudo cult leader.
1: Yeah, uh, that too. Uh, I think that what ties the fuck? in.
0: I'm firmly in the no more
1: rides movies camp. Yeah. No more. I just don't think that they're ever going to recapture... You know the spirit of Pirates of the Caribbean. No, that was that was kind of a unique thing. You know, lightning, it, in lightning in a, a bottle, exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we started off pretty weak. Now we got you know Pet Cemetery, Bloodlines. That's the prequel that came out on the sixth, and that was not good. Uh, real uh, horrible revisionist Stephen King shit. You got that Exorcist movie. Yeah, VHS. The new VHS movie came out. Uh, I yeah. happen to like that a lot. I love VHS. I'm so glad they're turning it into an annual thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty solid. Yeah, The Exorcist came out. New Hell House. New Hell House. That's coming out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Harvest came out. That was kind of a fun one. That's an actual anime. <laughs> or wait, no, I'm thinking Dark Gathering. Yeah, Dark Gathering. Dark <laughs> Harvest is weird. It's a weird one. I kind of liked it though. It had the it had the the courage to be extraordinarily bleak, which I appreciate in a sort of kind of teeny bopper horror movie. You know, after that, we've got uh, The Puppet Man. That came out. That was pretty fun, even if it fell apart in the third act. That's sort of a It Follows uh, clone, but in a fun way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got Five Nights at Freddy's is coming out. (laughs) I know you're very excited about that
1: one. Got to get the youth vote in there.
0: Yeah. Like you said, Hell House. I'm very excited about that one. We've got a new Omen movie coming out for some reason
1: still doing those all right okay
0: yeah where the devil roams that seems like a pretty big project
1: what you're saying is that this season much like the rest of the year it seems uh there's been a bunch of horror movies that came out
0: yeah there's been a bunch a lot of bad ones a lot of bad ones but a productive halloween season how could we forget Saw X? Come on. I don't th- Is that coming out this month?
1: That's already out. That's in theaters right now. Oh yeah, but you know, I I'm, I'm not I'm not paying for that. Well, it'll be it'll be available for streaming. Uh, <laughs> I'm,
0: not, I'm not I'm not paying to see Saw Dead. Sorry. <laughs> love me love me some Saw. I'm not paying for that. <laughs> Sorry Tobin. Sorry Tobin. You know you got my heart, but uh, I'm I'm not paying for that shit.
1: All right. Well, to lean into the spooktober theme, we have here a list of uh, some real bad dudes, some real fun guys. Well, what I would like to do is to go down this list, rapid fire, and see uh, what you think, what type of anime or what genre would each of these characters best uh, be adapted to? Uh, does that sound all right? <laughs> yeah,
0: we have to kind of uh, think about it because... Do we consider these Halloween horror
1: royalty as the protagonists of their series? Absolutely, yes. These are... Uh, these are the protagonists, although if you have a good idea, I'm not I'm not open or I am open to uh, to whatever format you want to go with. But sure, let's start with sure. the framework that that these would be the main characters of their respective series. OK,
0: and we are in a period of anime where the uh, the kind of grim, dark edgelord subversion shit is popular again. So uh, good guy, bad guys are are a thing again. So we can make that work for sure.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you ready?
0: Yeah. Do you want to, you want to switch off between these?
1: Yeah, let's switch, let's alternate. Uh, so okay. I'll go, I'll go first. Uh, what kind of, what kind of anime would Jason be best in?
0: Jason, we're going to take Jason back to his roots, right? We, we have to start as a kid mm-hmm. and he obviously is going to become sort of a, a shounen antihero.
1: Oh, can we give him like, kind of like a chunin disease kind of thing and make him like, uh, the, the kid in in I want to do bad things with you that you were just talking about like that's kind of a good angle for him right I think what we
0: do is sort of the the classic ugly duckling kind of thing he he obviously starts off at camp and he's getting bullied relentlessly right uh-huh. just like in the movie uh he one day he falls into the lake and he's not supposed to be in the lake cuz he can't swim he drowns and nobody helps him just like in the movies but what doesn't happen or Maybe in one of the movies does happen, but (laughs) in this version, when he falls to the lake, the lake is sort of an ancient power font. Maybe it lays on a ley line or something like that, and it kind of communes with his body. So as Uh he dissolves in the lake, he is slowly rebuilt over time into a magical boy. And when he (laughs) reemerges... He comes back as a as a magical teen. He's not a full Jason. You don't want like, that's not that's alienating for an anime audience. Is like a full grown man.
1: Well, okay. <laughs> no, what if we do more of like a. Like an Ultraman kind of thing, where he 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 has a human form, where he's a, a little crippled boy, uh, <laughs> and, and he ha- he can turn into a giant hockey hockey mask wearing man. You're thinking of sort of a transformation. Yes, like he summons
0: his powers.
1: Yes, exactly. Maybe he has some kind of uh, magic wristwatch or a pendant that he rubs. Uh, no, ho- dude, he puts on the mask. He, he puts on the hockey mask. That's obvious. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, that's that's got to be it. Yeah, uh, this is straying a, a little close to Shazam
1: in that way, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take well, it. Well, OK, in uh, just to be clear in what I'm thinking of right now, he is Ultraman Giant when he's Jason. He's huge. He's huge. Wow. Then who does he battle? Because
0: I was thinking he would battle other people. <laughs> 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 Well, he battles the camp counselors. I got you. I fucking, I fucking got <laughs> you. Yeah, no, you got, got me. All right. That one. You really <laughs> stumped you with that one. <laughs> I, I did. I don't have a <laughs> clear answer for that. Yeah. See, my in my version, he kind of comes back and he has the, he has Jason Powers and the camp counselors are sort of running a, a, maybe kind of a, a secret skin market or something like that, uh-huh. something nefarious uh, where they're. <laughs> they're torturing more children and of course he relates because he was tortured as a child Mm -hmm. And so instead of this one, he's so focused on killing everybody, including the children. In this version, he's a ruthless killer. But we know as the audience, it's to save the children, right? Okay. And we know that the camp counselors are evil, in fact. And as he moves his way up the chain of camp counselors, they are, of course, have power rankings. And in fact, the leader of the, the, the boss of the camp counselors is the psychic chick from... Uh, six or seven. Uh, anyway, the psychic girl said so, she has TK and all that. Six, yeah. I think. Okay, all right. Yeah. And all So right. we do the thing where he's stalking and he's killing them still, but uh, we you know in a in a heroic way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, perfect. We got that unlocked. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Freddie, we've got Freddie next. What What do you think about Freddie?
1: Oh, I think that's obvious. I think Freddie is a, a isekai death game. Wow. Uh, and what how, how how do you kick that off he dies what in the same way or in a different way okay well actually okay i've got to i've got to think this out now in that version i think freddy is not uh, the main character he is the uh, you know he's the game master right mm-hmm. so we mm-hmm. have we have a set of teens that have been uh, isekai'd into freddy's dreamland which is slightly different in this version. It is more of like a, a kind of hell dimension where he is in control, right? Sure, sure. Very boilerplate death game stuff, yeah. Yeah, uh, I think we're going to lean, and we get there by leaning more into the dream warriors kind of lore around it, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, Dream Wars is a great springboard for that. Yeah. Uh and so these teens uh get would into Freddy's Dreamland. And from there it is more or less a, a boilerplate death game where where each trap uh game game trap is mm-hmm. is tailored to one specific uh character. Uh and and yeah, we do we do some saw stuff. Uh we do uh, we do some evil traps. We do some betrayal games, stuff like that. Absolutely. Uh, but but at the core, Freddy is the evil game master, and that's kind right. of his involvement. And we have a we have a virtuous heroine, uh, yeah. who
0: is oh, yeah. untainted by uh, the evil world around her, and through clear eyes. She discovers his secret, the boiler room, the secret level.
1: Where, uh, what's the, uh, what's the character, what's the main girl's name in the first Friday the 13th? Or Friday the 13th, uh, Freddy movie. Freddy the 13th. Was it Heather? He- he- hey Thor. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, whatever. I mean, it's Nancy, right? Nancy, of course. Nancy. And so I think that maybe maybe the secret to defeating him at the end is they discover uh, Nancy's spirit trapped uh, maybe at the core of the boiler room. I don't know. (laughs) I'm running out of steam on that one, but it is a death game. That's for sure. Sure, sure. No, I like that angle. I like that. I think Freddy
0: would make a great death game uh, runner. Yeah. Especially because you remember he did that Crypt Keeper show for a little while. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it would be really in that style,
1: in that vein. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just imagining calling him calling all the bitch you you this you this
0: uh Freddy son Freddy son uh
1: Freddy kruga des bitch you uh sama <laughs>
0: Okay, all right. I like that one. I like that one.
1: All right, all right. Uh, moving da- moving down the list here. Uh, what kind of anime is Mike Little Mikey Myers gonna be in? Uh, now we got to be careful. It is Michael Myers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the love
0: guru, uh, not Shrek. We're talking about Michael Myers, the Shape. Yeah, the Canadian, the Canadian serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> Have you watched So I Married an Axe Murderer? Not in a long, long time, yeah, I was thinking about it recently, anyway, M- Michael, I think, is tough because my my first instinct for these is to make them the hero, maybe a tragically misunderstood hero. But I think Michael doesn't lend himself very well to that because he is so unknowable, mm-hmm. right? He is an entity of darkness. That is uh, devoid of humanity.
1: That's sort of his entire gimmick, right? Oh man, I think I have a good idea, but I want to you do yours, and then I just I want to get in there because I think this is too good to pass up for Michael. Okay,
0: Uh, okay, okay. Well, here's my here's my knee jerk reaction to a a Michael anime. I think we start off with our virtuous teens, Mm -hmm. and um, like something we've talked about the the dichotomy of like kind of Western to to Japanese horror being like. Uh, serial killers and, and fantasy lands in in the West and more of like the urban legends and rumors thing in Japan. I think we lean into the urban legend thing where it's actually Michael's mask. When you put on Michael's mask, you are taken over and your, your flesh is consumed by Michael and you become Michael. So our main character, his best friend or his childhood friend or whatever Uh, finds a michael mask and Uh as a prank you know he decides he's gonna like scare his friends at school by putting it on and and jumping out you know one of those things yeah but when he does it he can't take it off and then the next day he doesn't show up at school right Mm -hmm. and then after that one of their other friends and his like entire family quote-unquote disappears thus kicking off the
1: start Of a mystery. That's a Goosebumps story, The Haunted Mask.
0: Sure, sure. Right, (laughs) we'll use that as the base, right? But I think that's a good place to start because then we're rolling down this thing. We have our virtuous teens uh, all working together. They start off as disparate kids who don't really know each other, but then, like, they're each related to a victim and they have to come together to solve the mystery of the mask.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a killer fucking series, no pun intended.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that working. Yeah. Uh yeah, do it kind of like a like a thriller angle to it.
0: Yeah, I sort of a uh, kind of a King's Game but without the the game part.
1: Yeah. Now, can I can I hit you with this idea that I had? Hit it. We go full pivot. It is a beauty and the beast style rom-com in the vein of Ancient Magus's Bride or like <laughs> oh, gir- like Girl from the Other Side. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, where it is about a lonely, uh, waifish uh, sickly girl who falls in love with with a, a monolithic, <laughs> silent Michael Myers serial killer. Oh my God! And he's like a Shinigami.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't okay. that good? Isn't that good? That's good. Yeah, yeah. And he and she's first. She's afraid of him because he's like killing people. But then she realizes <coughs> like. Well, that's just his nature. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it practically yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: writes itself. It's gold. Oh, that's I would read that in a second.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, two, two good ideas there.
0: Uh, who's next?: This is a classic. This is Pumpkinhead, right? Now I know uh, Pumpkinhead didn't get a full franchise, even though Pumpkinhead absolutely deserved one. Pumpkinhead rules one of the kings of the wet puppet, like royalty, mm-hmm, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Oh, for sure. Love a pumpkin head.
1: Love a wet puppet. Yes, absolutely. Now, now this one is hard because mm-hmm. there's not a lot of straight monster like anime. Like there would be a monster movie, right? Like there's very little yes. horror anime overall. Like to be to be more fair.
0: more horror manga than anime
1: for sure. Horror yeah. ends
0: up kind of in the manga space. I think it doesn't get translated a lot.
1: You know, uh, what, what initially comes to mind if we're doing the angle of like a, a revenge spirit that you summon to take action upon, upon those who have grieved you. Yeah. Right. Yes. Uh, we do this in the vein of the bullied Japanese introvert school kid, you know, the school shooter type. Right. Okay. I think I see where you're going. So you know we have a kid uh he, he I don't know maybe maybe he comes from a broken family his dad's shitty uh he He's gets getting bu- bullied at school yeah, all he gets the time. bullied at school they're carving uh cutos into his desk <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, <laughs> and and suddenly he hears about an american urban legend right where you can you can summon yeah. uh, an evil cursed spirit to come Come attack, and he thinks that, like, there's no way this is gonna work, but wouldn't it be great if it did? Oh, and he lives in one of those kind of like semi secluded villages where there's
0: like not that many kids at the school because it's kind of rural.
1: Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Maybe there's a haunted mountain like uh, around the town that people aren't supposed to go to.
1: Maybe with like a shrine that has a desiccated corpse inside of it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Those big, uh, those big rope, uh, uh, Shinto rope barriers uh, crossing over it. Yeah. Now, is he... Does he
0: become a villain or does he Does he try to stop Pumpkinhead? Well, I think... Like, like Lance
1: Henriksen does in the movie. Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, I think... It could go either way. Uh, I think that he should be a villain and I think he wields Pumpkinhead almost like Light wields the Death Note uh, yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Uh Maybe we could even lean into that, make it a real psychological horror thing where uh, he is using the cover of a monster to commit these these murders like um, like Tim Burton's uh, Sleepy Hollow. Okay, yeah, I like that. And maybe
0: he has a virtuous friend who is always stuck up for him, Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. but is slowly coming to realize that his friend is like being twisted by this power that he's now
1: had and his friend's grandfather is is the local shinto priest who knows how to exercise the spirit
0: uh all right yeah i i think that's a series i think that's a series right there i'm into that right there yeah that's pretty good all right i like that a lot now we <laughs> you do have to do anime lance henriksen right oh absolutely and it yeah. will be
1: offensive uh there's no way around it
0: (laughs) he would look so fucked up oh my god
1: Uh, oh rip man rip yeah wait no the other one the other one died (laughs) oh shit (laughs) that's racist (laughs) lenny white carl black
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh no the sweat is rubbing it off your hands (laughs) All right, all right. Uh, um, okay, uh, we gotta we gotta let's, keep skip moving. A couple these. of these.
1: Let's skip a couple of these to Candyman. I think Candyman is very juicy for this. All right. So tell me, what kind of anime would Candyman be?
0: Candyman is the closest to what we've been talking about in that in that dichotomy because Candyman is very much an exploration of an urban legend and mm-hmm. mystery. Right. He's already primed for that. Candyman is. Is exactly uh, you know he starts off as the Bloody Mary rumor right, but he is very real, and it turns out that he is actually like the the physical embodiment of a cursed place and time. He is very real, and he is very sexy. <laughs> yeah, he's got a dope ass cape. Also, um, Crocodile, he's biting Candyman's whole shit. Sorry, sorry, you guys. Crocodile is literally just a Candyman ripoff.
1: Wait, I thought Crocodile, I thought. He had sand powers.
0: Yeah, uh, Crocodile doesn't have bee powers, but his entire look is stolen directly from Candyman. I mean, we're talking about the big coat. We're talking about the hair, though. Obviously, uh, his hair's a little different. Uh, the hook, uh, the the sneering nature. It's all it's all there. Anyway, wasn't Candyman bald? No, Candyman is just has short hair. Okay. All right. In the new one, you'll see when he turns into Candyman. It's, All right, it's so
1: so, so what do we do? What do we do with this?
0: So we don't have to do a lot of surgery on this one because it's already pretty much set up in a way that like a Japanese horror would be, right? Uh, we have, uh, again, we have some virtuous teens and they're exploring uh, local uh, legends. Now, the twist here is because anime doesn't really deal with like a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, uh, racial themes. Um, Got to shy away from that in anime. Is that ever a good thing for anime to deal well, with? I, you know, if for good or ill. Let's say Candyman in this instance has to represent sort of an ancient evil, sort of uh, in the traditional sense. He is he is the representation of a revenge from a conservative reactionary past. Yeah. Uh, what's used a lot in anime is like the, the sacrificing, uh, shrine maidens to the local God kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, in that way we can kind of have Candyman be
1: merged with a, with a local God. Well, that's the classic beauty and the beast dichotomy, right?
0: Yeah. I would say Candyman is very much, uh, not, uh, not a beast. Uh, he is more of a hypnotic presence, he's right? He's a sexy beast. His whole thing is that, yeah, he's kind of he 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 beckons people into death. Again, sort of a Shinigami theme, is like, but uh, a little more malicious. So we have uh, teens discovering this urban legend and trying to delve into it, and by delving into it, they exacerbate it, and by exacerbating it, it begins to harvest. It's it begins its dark harvest of the older people of the village, the people that, uh, uh, c- you know, c- covered up this sordid past. Uh-huh. This is a I mean, th- this is well-worn territory, but I think yeah. it fits Candyman very easily. Uh, and then we have a battle of of children, first of all, deciding whether it's even worth saving these people who, much like in in Elm Street, fucked up pretty bad, uh, maybe kind of deserve like being punished. But that's up to us to decide, right? As yeah, the viewers, yeah. and they 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 go on their quest, and I think in this case, uh, they probably lose.
1: I mean, you know, uh, they they probably deserved it.
0: Very dark ending. Like, they probably deserved it. They probably deserved it. I don't know what they did, but they probably deserved it. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's let's see. What what about? Why don't we do a? Why don't we do a Leatherface? Oh man, you want me to do a Leatherface anime? Yeah. Now, now the Japanese take on Leatherface was already done in in Resi Seven. So we've got kind
1: of a base for that. That's a video game, though. That's different. That's different. That's different. That's different. Uh, Freak man. Island also.
0: the I don't know if Freak Island ever got an anime, but the manga is very much, uh, bo- let's say, quote-unquote, borrowing heavily from Texas Chainsaw. So there is that as well. Mm-hmm. But I want to hear, what, 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 what are you coming at with?
1: That? Oh, man, this is tough. Because, like, w- which... What is Leatherface as a character, right? Like, you know, at the core, he's a victim. He's an abused child. He's an abused child. Yeah. And so, uh, where do we go from
0: here? I think we can make him more sympathetic than than you would see at a horror movie.
1: Now, hmm. <sighs> This is really tough. Can I give you? Can I give? Can I give you a base? Maybe. Yeah, give me a base here. If you have an idea, if you have something brewing, step in because okay. this is a real stumper for me.
0: Right. Check this out. Okay, it's we start. Uh, we're going to cover a little bit of time here. Chronology is going to be put aside, but we have a kid again. This is set in in you know, the rural mountains or whatever. Uh, it's I'm just a... a
1: good place to, to add atmosphere.
0: It's great for horror, right? Mm-hmm. There's a, our protagonist is a small child and they're visiting now. I'm borrowing a little bit from some other manga I've read, but he's visiting his grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. Who live off in, in there where, and they constantly tell him to like, don't wander off too far from the house, but he does one day and he comes across another little child. And the little child is like dressed in rags basically he looks kind of like you know he's being abused right mm-hmm. maybe he has something wrong with his face and they kind of bond he's a he's a like a you know a, a little uh, earnest uh, justice kid right a justice boy mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. bonds with the child they they play for you know the the month that he's there he constantly meets up with this child in secret then he goes home and uh we cut we move chronologically into let's say he's now a teenager, right? And he's going to visit his grandparents again, and he has these faint but pleasant memories of this child, and he's kind of secretly hoping, like ma- maybe he'll meet the child again, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're moving, right? Now we've got now we've got some.
1: Okay, uh, develop that a little, because uh, while you were going over that, I I came up with something that I actually. Uh, is tickling my brain a little bit, but but finish out this thought. Where where are you going with this? We would we would play it out like this, right? Uh, him and his his newly acquired friends
0: are captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, the town is sort of like they they're they're I don't I don't know they're doing some kind of camping trip. It doesn't matter what they're doing, but they get away from the town, much like the kids in Texas Chainsaw, and they end up uh, where they are not supposed to be. And this is where he meets his friend Leatherface again but in a very very different context and now we have him struggling with these childhood like memories and struggling with the new Leatherface to kind of turn him to his side and like help him rescue his friends from the the freak
1: family okay all right yeah uh yeah I, I can see that that's fundamentally keeping it kind of like within the the Visceral horror kind of realm. It's pretty close to the the movie itself, uh, yeah. obviously, without the uh, trying to be uh, like Fred's with with Leatherface. Now, now, hear me out, because this made me chuckle to myself. What if we go with more of like a? Uh, Devil is a part-timer situation. Okay. We're doing a daily slice of life gag uh, show where Leatherface is just trying to make his way in Tokyo being uh, a tree trimmer uh, with his chainsaw. But fundamentally, okay. uh, everybody is is expecting him to uh, either be violent or, or do a bad job because... Uh, of his learning disability oh yeah
0: oh and you know what oh it would be like a gag comic where he keeps getting fired from different jobs because he's using his chainsaw to do the job yeah that's a good angle Yeah. yeah
1: (laughs) That's really good. So that's what that's where I would go with it.
0: Okay. yeah, I I like that. I like that. Uh, He's serving coffee on the end of his chainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to ring somebody up at the
1: 7-Eleven with the chainsaw. I imagine him coming home to his apartment after a long day at work and uh, absentmindedly cutting the door open instead of just opening it with the handle. Yeah,
0: he has he he throws his his leather face on the ground and like sighs and, and drinks a big can of vasahi yeah.
1: yeah oh that's that's <laughs> that's good imagery there uh, you know I, i'm imagining him you know walking up the stairs to his apartment and he has like you know take out you know in a plastic bag in one hand and the chainsaw in the other and he's just tired man yeah uh, he just wants to get home and take a shower he's got he's got a little cat and it also has a leather face yeah. Yeah, you know, really I'm imagining him characterized <laughs> basically like the the walrus from Odd Taxi. Oh yeah, w- just a world-weary just like kind of a world-weary blue-collar dude who's trying to make yeah. his way. Okay, maybe one episode he opens up like a ramen cart. <laughs> <laughs> I would be way into that. I would see right. that as a great gag manga. Good, good. Okay, uh let's do let's do one more. Uh, before we round it out here. Okay, you pick. Uh, Yeah. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, Well, okay. I was gonna say the thing, but that's just Parasite uh, already. Yeah, pretty much. Parasite is, is just the thing if it was an anime. So why don't you give me a Pennywise? Give me an It. Wow. Okay. This is very interesting because this
0: actually, I mean, we are, we are getting into our Shonen King territory with this. Mm -hmm. So we've, I've already got thoughts. I mean, the first thing
1: as a springboard that comes to mind for me is something like, uh, the promised Neverland, right? That's an interest. I would not have made that poll. Can you explain that? I think fundamentally if we're adapting it, if we're looking at themes, I think the, the through line of like kids, kind of forming these strong friendships in the face of a monstrous adversity that, you know, basically is, is a, a horrifying representation of, of growing up right <laughs> yeah it's pretty obvious in it i would say if we're stretching we can apply that to the promised neverland where you know spoilers um getting eaten by monsters is is equivalent to the world taking your childhood <laughs> yeah it's one read for sure yeah see my thing is like
0: it is so close already in its base form to a shonen that it's almost difficult to like veer off course with this because it is essentially about children fighting a monster with the power of friendship. Fighting a great evil, well, with the power of friendship, but also they each manifest their own power, like literally their own powers as over the course of the book.
1: Okay, being good at like writing and being good at architecture are not superpowers. They de- in the books.
0: They develop like actual shining level superpowers. They don't use them very well. Uh, because it's stephen king but they do so an anime version is very uh kind of straightforward here right again we are in a smaller town okay now uh, that remember its own
1: secrets remember the initial criteria we set out though is uh, try and think of this where pennywise is the protagonist oh well that t- that changes everything yeah wow we've been kind of ignoring that but we did kind of lay <laughs> that out at the beginning sure okay pennywise as the protagonist this is difficult
0: so pennywise is sort of a magical boy (laughs) uh he has to be right because uh pennywise is a creature from space that lands in a japanese rural village Mm -hmm. and has to hide underground uh before he gets found out and i don't know dissected in a lab isn't that what you people usually are afraid of uh, <laughs> Pennywise grows. What do you up. mean, you people? <laughs> Penny, in this in this version, we would have to do something like Pennywise is sort of a Phantom of the Opera Phantom. He lives in the sewers. He lives underground. He moves under stealth, uh, the under cover of night, and he yearns to be a real boy, but can't quite manage it. Until one day, he's sort of coaxed out of hiding by a uh, 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 again a beautiful <laughs> Justice Boy. Who's like I will help you. I we I just want to be your friend. And he kind of comes out and he's met with adversity. Right. He, right. He, I think what would happen is he kind of begins getting off on on like showing off his powers, and he does it a, a, like a little bit too much, and and he scares off some of Justice Kid's other friends, and they tattle, and now we've got like a town is is tightening its noose around him, and him and Justice Boy have to like. Figure out a way to uh, escape from the village as it closes in on destroying him. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now the the problem being here is that we don't really have a good a good bad guy other than the villagers, which aren't really powerful enough to pose a threat. So I'm thinking, perhaps part of uh, Pennywise's power is stolen at some point. Perhaps when he's playing with the boys, part of his power, which you'll remember his power is sort of, it's stuck in the comet that lands underground. Perhaps when he's out uh, for the first time, not protecting his comet, playing with the boys, it is discovered by some nefarious adults and they take part of it back home. And that part, that power infects them and they become evil, but also evil with powers. Okay. Now we've got a dichotomy going. Where he has to reclaim the parts of himself that were stolen and corrupted by the adults with the help of uh, the boys with the boys with the help of
1: the boys.
0: Yeah. And by being around him and he he allows this, he kind of allows them to absorb a little bit of his powers, too, Mm -hmm, so that mm -hmm. they have the ability to defend themselves. Against oh, the encroaching yeah. evil, and now we have an interesting thing too emotionally because Pennywise is very torn because part of himself is what turns the adults evil, and now he's very conflicted. He's like, Does that reflect who I am? I don't even know what I am. I just landed here and started growing. That's <laughs> that's juicy. That's juicy. That's, that's a that's, that's a juicy. thick vein. That's a thick vein you just tapped yeah, into. Yeah, and also he could have silver hair. Like he's one of the silver hair moonchild. Oh, for sure. Well, oh, I mean, yeah. how do
1: we how do we fundamentally keep the clown uh, appearance though? He he transforms. It's like his magical girl transformation. Yeah he he transforms into Tim Curry. <laughs> yes, dude.
0: Yes. I
1: I think I think
0: the new clown uh would be a better fit. I think the the look is cleaner um for an anime look, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh in fact, in fact, let me link you let me link you a picture. I think this is this really drives home what I'm what I am picturing in my mind very succinctly
1: see I'm inv- I'm envisioning all I can think of is like Kefka from Final Fantasy 6 right because that's like the only evil anime clown that's out there to reference I think there's more I mean you obviously we have a lot of evil
0: clowns in the manga world because the Piero movement is so yeah. big uh-huh uh, uh
1: baffling I mean, to me but they they love their ca- Commedia dell'arte
0: yeah and they love calling them Pierrots as if that is like uh, a classification of a thing which again is very funny to me
1: i didn't realize that that was like a trend uh because i for a long time i only knew it from the you know the one cowboy bebop episode the Pierrot?
0: yeah there there is I, i'll have to i'll share some piero movement type shit with you i think you'll be tickled but uh here's here's a here's a here's a, a wild pennywise okay sure uh from d gray man okay yeah uh, i wish i had more screenshots
1: of him because he really is he really is just a an anime pennywise all right well there you have it dear listener uh, our takes on on some spooktober, spooktacular anime. I hope that really tantalizes your
0: imagination. Maybe you can go out and uh, build these stories for yourself.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: then send them to me.
1: Get out get out there on AO three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some ripe veins. I want to see someone draw the
0: draw at least chapter one of some of these and send them to me. Please do that. That would be the best thing ever.
1: Specifically if we're if we're picking, if we can get one request, I want the Michael Myers uh Waifish Girl <laughs> romance one.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: I would love any
0: of these, just for the record. Uh, <laughs> bless me. Bless me. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else we want to throw in here? We, uh, You have started the TikTok. I, I yeah. threatened you into doing it. I've uh, been. You see,
1: Remy uh, cast a death spell on his on himself <laughs> and, and said that if I didn't start making the TikToks within three minutes, he was going to die, and it would be my fault. Exactly. So I started him up. I do this with everything, by the way. This is my <laughs> go-to move.
0: <laughs> it's true. I've got my grimoire open to the page. It's
1: all. It's all dog-eared. <laughs> I'm just going to say, basically, all of our socials are tied to at AnimeDeathSpiral. Check them out. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you can Google us, but maybe not. I don't know. I am not asking you, much like the podcast itself, I'm not asking
0: you to indulge personally, but if you could just, like, artificially boost our numbers, you know, go go and follow the accounts, like, on your friends' phones when they're not looking. Yeah. Uh, download oh, the podcast on, on like, yeah, uh, just on random computers. Maybe go to the library and yeah. download the podcast on there. Uh, do please, I'm begging you. I was
1: about to say go to the go to the display section at Best Buy, but they don't have those. Yeah, anymore. I guess so. Yeah, the, <laughs>
0: retail is dying uh, faster than our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> please, I'm begging you, uh, boost these numbers. Uh, I don't care what underhanded methods you use. I am I am asking you. Uh, please do it.
1: If you're a long time listener of this podcast, which I know there are at least a couple of you out there, we are talking directly to you. Go engage with us, <laughs> please. <laughs> you know who you are. Before
0: we are sound even more pathetic uh, than that is uh, beautiful and handsome listeners. I I really appreciate you listening to this horrible, inane rambling. We're gonna have one more episode before Halloween, so we can do. We got to do something else. Sp- spook spooky in some way well let, let's let's brainstorm that oh uh, yeah we'll we'll put
1: some thought into that maybe we'll uh yeah uh, do a, a list review of some of the more classic uh horror horror cited anime i would love to talk about and revisit something like paranoia agent it's been a while for me oh hell yeah that would be a great one uh
0: yeah, yeah so in, in conclusion r.i.p william friedkin uh i stand friedkin uh greatest ever do it uh, we'll watch Sorcerer and then watch The Exorcist. Love you. Bye. Bye. That's that's a nickname. Come on, you think that's his <laughs> real name? Yes, his name, his, his name is Captain James <laughs> Hook.